very special edition of Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm Jerry Burris, and I am here with Luke Grilly and with Nick Schillig from the College Football Podcast. Gentlemen, we're going to have a special conversation to talk about uh, Sunday night's big AFC championship matchup between the New England Patriots and the visiting Pittsburgh Steelers. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. It's going to be a special conversation, all right. A special conversation where Nick Schillig is going to go home crying. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked how we're doing. I had a great day today. Um, had a wad this morning, so. Uh, did, oh, did got, you? Yeah, got a nice little workout. It was it was cool today. Uh, we uh, we put twelve babies into like a shopping cart. We just deadlift. So I mean, that worked out <laughs> wow. well. We we go in there and we pretty much just do one exercise until you know until okay. someone dies. So <laughs> oh, so 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 functional fitness. Congratulations, you're finally getting in shape. You're 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 uh, done being a. Uh, a, a bloated blimp is that what you're trying to tell me yeah i dropped eight pounds the thing that upset me the most was as i was deadlifting them they started <laughs> crying and right. i was like i mean they're just being selfish i mean me and my boys we go in there you know we do one exercise for 45 sure. minutes sure someone passes out and then we go from there so so I'm, I, that's pretty sad that you can only deadlift about what 70 pounds eight babies that's nothing <laughs> god you're you are well, the weak. cart the you cart weighs sad. at least 25 pounds Okay, so wow, hundred pound deadlift. I think my grandmother <laughs> can do that. You know, it's it's such it, it's so sad. And to give the listeners a little bit of a background, I am a proud CrossFitter. I'm not one who likes to post about it on Facebook or anything. No, like that, never. But, you know, I don't post anything. I get tagged and stuff. But you know what? It, it's it's it's. It's just sad that I get I get shit on for you know being in shape for trying to have live a longer life for getting stronger you know these sad Pittsburgh Steeler fans continually just try to take us down um, us New Englanders who are have just like just a, a long pedigree of championships and it's you know it, it's very similar these these bad jokes that you come up about crossfit shell it's very similar to uh, i guess the overall theme of just being a steelers fan you guys are just supremely jealous of us you're supremely jealous of my muscular physique of oh, my God. my 400 pound back squat and uh of my my four championship rings that's what you're jealous of i but, get it no i get it but I what practice great you're you're more in shape than i am what practical um, application do you use? You know, being in fit for because from what I heard, I would love. You're, I'd love to tell you exactly. I'll tell you what I did before this this special podcast. I had to bring a cabinet down from um, my soon to be nursery, and I did it all by myself. And uh, you know, the functional fitness that I do three to four times a week allowed me to do that. In your face, boom roasted Luke one shilling zero. Well, I, I'll, oh, I'll pay a guy to move. It'd be a lot, me. a lot of wins for Luke today. From what I hear, though, uh, you know, this practical fitness didn't, like, translate to the football field. I heard you <laughs> couldn't really get separation, and you're just a prima donna and well, a cancer to your fantasy football yeah. team locker room. Thoughts? Well, you know, <laughs> if, if, I had, if I knew about CrossFit back in uh, the early 2000s, then that would be a different story. But, you know, I, I can't live in the past. I can only move forward. Well, moving forward, let's get actually get into this game because we could, uh, we could make fun of each other for two hours, and I would love it. Uh, but there's some things we got to talk about here. This is uh, the six o'clock game on Sunday, AFC Championship. This is probably the better of the two games, in my opinion. Um, but you know, I would hate to think our Atlanta Falcon uh, fan fans down the South would disagree, but that's fine. But there's some things I want to bring up to you guys and kind of let you guys hash it out. Who you think? I've, uh, obviously, with your blatant homerism. We'll, uh, well, Jerry, we'll talking between. about the AFC versus the AFC versus NFC Championship. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Uh, 
I think that the AFC Championship is going to be a better a better football game. You know, the NFC Championship is going to be far more exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of high flying touchdowns. It, you know, the over under came out at 61 uh, once the the matchup was figured out. So I think you're going to see a lot more exciting plays, but you're going to see um, a lot more. Um, What's the word I want to say? Maybe maybe old school football in the the Patriots uh, Steelers game. I think it's gonna be a, a two very different games. Both will be very exciting to watch for their own reasons. Yeah, this might be more of what Mark was describing in our last pod. Uh, a little bit more Rex Ryan ground and pound. Um, I don't know why I use him for that, but okay, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but let's get into it here. All right, so let's go through the tail of the tape, if you will. Um, total offense: Patriots are fourth in the league. Steelers seventh. Um, Scoring offense, Patriots are third, Steelers are tenth, and then defense, total defense, the Patriots are eighth, Steelers are twelfth, rush defense, Patriots are third in the league, and the Steelers are thirteenth. Now we mentioned we thought the Patriots run defense was a little skewed. Uh, they do have a softer schedule. They uh, benefited from having the best starting field position in the entire league. So a little bit better field position led to a little less uh, running and, and things like that. But So just to get an overall viewpoint, you know, before we get into positional di- differences, I wanted to get what you guys think. Offense versus defense, do you think who is the advantage, Patriots offense versus Steelers defense or vice versa, Steelers offense versus Patriots defense? Um, Nick, we'll start with you. Jerry, I hate the, oh, they're third in the league in this, 10th in the league in this. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wh- wh- let's look who New England's put, faced. Let's see here. Landry Jones, Tyrod Taylor, yeah. Matt Moore, Cody Kessler, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Colin Kaepernick, Bryce Petty. So, so a I, lot Colin of all, Kaepernick's very athletic. A lot very of all athletic. pros on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Flacco. So, um, yeah, call, call me Homer. I think the biggest thing is New England's obviously got an advantage, head coach and quarterback. Other than that, uh, Pittsburgh secondary scares me a little bit, but their front seven and the Steelers' weapons all together, um, you know, I, th- I think the Steelers have a huge advantage. I mean, I- I'll take Brady all day, especially uh, at home and not uh, bet on the road. Uh, we can get into his home and away splits, but I think uh, – Luke touched on that in um, your guys' uh, picks pod. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Brady and Belichick, they, they're obviously the advantage, but all the way across the field, I, I have to lean Steelers, guys. I'm, I'm not going to argue the schedule with the Patriots. The Patriots played an absolute joke of a schedule this year. But to be perfectly honest, how is that any different from years prior? I mean, yeah, they got lucky this year with Big Ben was out uh, when they played the Steelers, and obviously Landry Jones played. But with AFC East historically being a pretty weak division, they always have a pretty easy schedule. So I want to throw that out the window because we've seen it before, and they've won a Super Bowl playing an easy schedule before. Um now, when it goes to when you look at the stats and you, you you look at the two teams together, I think they're very evenly matched from top to bottom. Um, if you just look purely at the numbers, they are very even on paper. They're clearly the two best teams in the AFC. So I'm I'm thrilled that these two teams are playing each other and they're playing each other relatively healthy, even though you know we are missing a, a, a gentleman named Robert Gronkowski. Um, but with that being said. 
you also can't say that the Steelers have this glaringly hard schedule themselves. They had to play the Browns twice this year. They had to play Andy Dalton and the, the Bengals twice this year. Joe Flacco was not his normal self this year, and they had to play the Ravens twice this year. So it's not like, you know, all of a sudden the Ravens are, are the, I'm sorry, the Steelers are playing all pro teams every year or every week. They, they didn't have a very tough schedule themselves. Now, top to bottom, when you look at talent on the field, I don't know. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's a much better running back than LeGarrette Blunt or Deion Lewis or James White on the on his own. But collectively, the the Patriots have far more depth, I think, probably at almost every position. You look at a position like receiver, you have Antonio Brown, and then who? Eli Rogers might step up. Is Marcus Wheaton even on the team anymore? Um, you know, um, uh, Sammy Coates, the my my sleeper this year, hasn't done anything other than break a couple fingers. At tight end, is Ladarius Green going to play? Um, you know, the Patriots always rotate their defensive line because they have a ton of depth there. I always kill them for just taking linebackers or defensive ends or defensive tackles with first or second round picks. But they do that so their guys don't get gassed towards the end of the game. And that's the reason why they're able to, you know, to shut down the running game of opposing teams. So I think it's I, – I don't want to say that that the Patriots are far and away the better team, but I think that you're, you're definitely – overselling what the Steelers are offering and it cannot be forgotten that this game is being played in Gillette and you you mentioned Nick that Big Ben is much different player on the road than he is at home and you know the last time the Steelers beat the Patriots in Gillette was 2008 and that was with Matt Castle at quarterback and they have they've never beaten Tom Brady and Gillette before ever in in Brady's career starting in 2001 or Big Ben's career starting in 2004. So I like the Patriots. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I, I think it's a little little uh, too easy just to say that the Steelers have a better team top to bottom because they might have bigger stars. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say the Steelers are favored because obviously the game. Well, they're is not. <laughs> so. Uh, my 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 biggest thing, you know, I think there's two keys to this game, and it's, I mean, you mentioned stopping the run, this and that, is the pass rush. Now, could James Harrison not shoot up before the game and, you know, show that he's <laughs> 39 years old? Could Bud Dupree keep doing what he's doing? I don't know if you guys can get after the quarterback. My thing is, you might be able to because Big Ben lo- loves to hold on the ball a little bit too long, but... I mean, your pass rush doesn't scare me. So, I mean, no, if they, and, as, if as they it get should Tom Brady so we, their spot, you know, that, that would really help. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning with the pass rush. And my other key is uh, red zone offense. It's it, it's going to come down to who gets touchdowns and who has to settle for field goals. So, Well, and we just saw the, the Steelers kick six field goals against the Chiefs last week. And uh, Tom Brady's the most efficient player ever in the red zone. So, I, I guess I like the Patriots' chances on that one. It's called a regression to the mean. It's, it's a math thing. I don't think you'd understand what that means. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, no, 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 no. Probably four no, or five I, touchdowns coming your way. Okay. <laughs> well, Shilly, you mentioned the pass rush for both teams here. And, you know, the injury reports that you've seen have Harrison listed as um, questionable. I, I don't think there's a chance in the world he doesn't play. He's got a shoulder H-G-H, thing going on. There's H-G-H. nothing preventing that. But He's uh, questionable because he's 38 years old. He's questionable he's, that he's – yeah, I don't think actual – time has affected he's him. He's tired. He hasn't napped in a week. <laughs> but right now there's seven Patriots listed as questionable as well. You think there's Part anybody the <laughs> that is going to be re- legitimately out that's going to affect this game? I know Ladarius Green is probably one with his concussion. Um, but is there anybody else that's going to be 
that will have an effect on the game by not playing besides Gronkowski and uh, maybe Green. I think Chris Hogan is a, a bit of an X factor. He led the league in yards per reception this year. Um, he went out with a thigh injury against Houston and has been had a very heavy limp, according to the Patriots beat reporters um, as of yesterday. So I think he's a big factor because Amendola is banged up with an ankle as well. I think he's going to play. Uh, they have Edelman, obviously, who is Brady's go-to guy. Martell's Bennett's banged up. I think he's going to yeah, play. Yeah, he's, he's questionable. Not even close to being 100%. So you're relying so on... Sheard, uh, you, you mentioned know. the pass rush. Jabal Sheard's list is questionable. Yep, Jabal Sheard. But but I think on the offensive side of the ball, though, you're looking at... You have Edelman, who's 100%, or as, as healthy as you're going to be at this point in the season. And then you have newly picked up Michael Floyd. Um, Malcolm Mitchell might not play again this week. So the receiving core is definitely banged up. So I would not be shocked if you see a ton of the running game uh, from, you know, obviously LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis, who looks 100%, and James White. Yeah, yeah. Let's dive into the Patriots injury report because that's always been fact, and <laughs> they don't lose draft draft picks for falsifying that. So yeah, let's look at the injury report and break that. Well, down. they well because they actually they actually list players, and Tom Brady could be questionable with a shoulder injury because he didn't do go through the practice all the way. Uh, whereas the the Seattle Cheat Hawks like to just not say that Richard Sherman's got a very serious MCL injury, so they deserve to be docked pick for that. But go on. Great. 2013, Keyed to quote, The Patriots have their way of reporting stuff, but I haven't had a hip injury since Tampa. The injury I had was actually a quad injury. It has been reported as a hip injury, but that's just how they do things. So Okay, we'll, well, so, well if you if you follow topic. CrossFit and you knew the, the, the way the body works, and sometimes if you have a hip, inju- hip injury, it could be an impingement that hurts your thigh. So, you know, Great. I'm going to take okay. the doctor's word for it, not a Keyed to Leaves. Great. Okay, same year. Uh, Brandon Spikes ended the season on the IR, even though multiple reports had that he missed a meeting, which was why he was on a season-ending IR report. Okay. You mean just keep going? So got, you keep on, keep well, you keep on talking about disgruntled players who have uh, very shady history. So, yeah, but, yeah, keep going. Once you tell me a guy with a clear history, then then we can I'll, – I'll believe you. My God, you too. <laughs> so let's go into a little bit more of position-based uh, matchups. So I want to get into oh, – um, Jerry, oh, real quick, I forgot to I forgot to extend this olive branch to you, uh, Nick, before we got started on this. But you know, let's keep this civil. I promise, as long as you don't mention Spygate because that was so long ago and just irrelevant in this whole conversation, I won't mention Big Ben's uh, transgressions in the the bathroom with a co-ed college girl multiple hey, times when they're both. Can you blame the girl for fair? trying to get paid? No, not at all. Not at all. But is that fair that we can just keep both those off of the table for this conversation? We'll stay civil. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I got plenty more. I got a I, I got a hilarious one we can touch on a little bit later. OK, but I'm looking did, forward did, to did laughing. Did we figure out what what our bet is? Uh, I don't think we did. We're going to have to announce that on Twitter because, well, we, we said that one of us would have to live tweet a TV show um, or Fast and Furious 7. It felt like Fast and Furious 7 was a uh, wasn't really a punishment. That was more of a reward. So yeah. I, I feel like watching The Bachelor with our wife and live tweeting that has to be the bet, right? I don't know if that's a punishment. Isn't that your typical Monday evening? No, no, no. My uh, <laughs> typical Monday evening is uh, molding the youth of America by coaching high school swimming. Go again. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I actually coach a real sport that involves hand-eye coordination and, you know, not there's, just- there's actually – breakdowns and actually coaching goes involved not just hey can you swing your arms and kick a little harder that'd be great oh okay that doesn't sound ignorant yeah go ahead (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. All right, let's try to bring it back in a little bit here. Um, it's like hurting cats. So I want to talk a little bit about the matchup between what what our, our cohort uh, Mark Zussman was talking about the Steelers' offensive line in the running game versus the Patriots' defensive front. Um, I kind of agree with I think that the the matchup nightmare for the the Patriots this week is stop is stopping Le'Veon Bell and arguably one of the better offensive lines behind maybe Dallas. And um, I don't know if, it's, if it gets better than that this year. So your thoughts, Nick, on Le'Veon Bell. Is it going to be he's got to get at least 25 carries um, and not split him out and do all the, the crazy Todd Haley shit? Or is it more, you know, just kind of more of the same? You know, it doesn't really matter. It's just going to be the same matchup stuff that they would do regardless if they were playing the Patriots or if they're going to play the Chiefs or whoever. Um, just kind of what you think about the running game this week. Um, I mean, w- when we when I talked about the red zone offense being so important, the Steelers move the ball very well from 20 to 20. And that's usually because Todd Haley's mixing Le'Veon Bell, a couple quick passes here and there and right. whatnot. What really, what really scares me is Le'Veon's very effective from 20 to 20 with that patience and this and that. I feel like when they get into 20 – they don't run the ball enough, and when they do, Le'Veon still tries to do that kind of dancing around when I'd rather hit, just have him hit the hole. Um, his hesitation is is amazing. He sees the hole better than probably anybody else in the league. Maybe David Johnson uh, has an argument there, but that's why I think red zone offense is, is so key. The Steelers' line is very good. I think it's getting a little overblown, as does everything this time of the year when it comes to these last four teams left, but uh, – yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to get 20 to 25 touches. If we touch on this later, Todd Haley's an idiot, so who knows? <laughs> he might get 10 touches, and Big Ben's going to throw the ball 45 times. Well, I think that, you know, with with the with – the, uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, his hesitation. It, it's I've, We've been talking about that since week one. We were way ahead of the national media uh, here at Never Ending Glory Podcast. But with his hesitation, it, it is very challenging because you obviously don't want to overcommit like we saw. I believe it was um, Clay Matthews last – or not Clay Matthews, I'm sorry, who overcommitted last week. Um, that was I'm thinking. Of, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Zeke Elliott. We'll we'll cut this out. No problem. Um, but the hesitation makes it so the the linebacker, DN, D tackle can't overcommit, and that is just so tough to stop. However, you know that Belichick's been coaching this team up for the past three weeks, knowing that they were going to play Pittsburgh and they were going to beat Houston, um, saying that you, you you do not overcommit, do not overcommit, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. So. I would the, the key to the Patriots winning this game is, is shutting down Le'Veon Bell. And last time they played, he had 21 carries for 81 yards. I understand that, yes, they they weren't worried about the passing game because Landry Jones was under center. Um, and, and Le'Veon made up for it because he had 10 catches for 68 yards in that game as uh, Landry's dump-off buddy. But Antonio Brown's going to get his. He's probably going to get seven catches over 100 yards and score a touchdown. If that's the case, that's a win in my book because he's the best wide receiver in the planet, I think. But I think that by coaching up, Matt Patricia has coached up this defense. Bill Belichick has coached up this defense. They know how to stop Le'Veon Bell, and I think they can easily contain him. I, I absolutely do. Well, who's more confident going into this game? you think it's the Steelers' defense or the Patriots' defense? 
That's a great question. Uh, I mean, the Patriots defense probably has to feel pretty good about themselves because they've played so well against mediocre competition. Obviously, last week they're against your chuffed. boy Brock. Yeah, well, I, yeah, against your boy Brock, they they you know lit him up. They made him look like a JV quarterback, which he probably is. But uh, and they're playing at home, so I think they have to have all the confidence in the world. And I don't, I'm not saying that the uh, the Steelers are coming into this game already shell shocked because they're going against Tom Brady at Gillette. No, they're they're a confident, uh, arrogant group led by a criminal Joey Porter. So. Um, I think they're going to be – I think that they, they feel that they – I think both teams feel that they have the advantage going into this game. I agree with that. I mean, the, the Steelers won, what, nine straight, and I looked at uh, pro football focus. They're, all 11 starters on the defensive side have ranked in the top five, um, or uh, I should say above average. So, yeah, I, I think both teams are coming in here very, very confident. So, The problem is, though, Shill, is it is – I think the Patriots go into a game with confidence, but a team like the Steelers, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, they go into a game with arrogance, right? No, no the I, Steelers have never been listed, have been known to be an arrogant <laughs> team ever. No way. Is that sarcasm? Well, first of all, I'm not your typical Steelers fan, so let me let me question that. I, I have all my teeth. Uh, I use rational <laughs> thought. I don't go to family. Re- I don't go to family reunions as you know as a dating site. So. Do you have a Steelers jacket? Um, That's the question. Do you wear a Steelers like leather coat? No, <laughs> but, but you do sweat sausage gravy, right? I, well, what was that, Luke? You do sweat sausage gravy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because okay. I because I don't CrossFit and I'm fat. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna lie that the Steelers are the dirtier, more arrogant team. I mean that's proven over and over again. I'm, I mean at least we just don't blatantly cheat. So um, oh well, I mean, do you want to be? You want to be dirty I mean, or cheater? I don't I have be to dirty. defend. I, have I to mean, defend Mike Luther Tomlin trying yeah, to trip Jacoby Jones running down the. Mike Mike Tomlin trying to tip, trip Jacoby Jones running down that's, the sidelines. That's a combination of dirty, blatant, you know, arrogant. That's everything all rolled up into one. Right yeah, there and, and the the blatant HGH by James Harrison. I mean, come on. I mean, and and Joey Porter trying to fight the whole team, the whole opposing team. I mean, come on. Let let's let's be real here. I, I'll give you this. Yes, the Patriots got busted for a bullshit infraction. Um, that led to Deflategate. But, hey, what happened with Deflategate 2.0 when the Giants claimed that the Steelers might have had some underinflated balls? That quickly got swept under the rug because, guess what? It doesn't matter. But moving on. Man, I feel like we're really taking some uh, underhanded shots when we kind of drew the line and said we weren't going to go there. But that's fine. That's what we wanted to well, get we out of we said we weren't going to go there about Spygate. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you have Deflategate, you have the their IR reports, you, you have PEDs on your side. I mean, I mean we, Rodney Harrison needed to do those PEDs. He had to come back, okay? I would do it, too, if I was a 37-year-old. Hey, I don't blame – Rod. by the way, I don't blame James Aaron for, for doing HGH. If I were an NFL player and I knew it would get away with it, I would do HGH in a heartbeat, too, because guess what? He's going to make an extra, what, $5 million a year by doing that HGH? That's fine. Do it, do it all you want. Just don't come out and say that you're clean. I mean, you spend three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on your body. Okay, you're not spending that on avocado ice cream. That's what Tom Brady does. He's a saint. Tom Brady's diet is hilarious. I believe <laughs> some of the shit he eats. Can't well, wait for him to be on a he'll he'll be on a housewife show here in a couple of years. But uh, so what about Brandon Spikes <laughs> and Brandon Bolden, Rob Ninkovich? Same thing. Just it's cool. 
Uh, they were taking the, the GNC didn't list all the different um, ingredients <laughs> in their in their supplements. That's that was just a mistake. It is. We've a, been over. We've been over Brandon Spikes. Okay. It is a typical Patriots fan to immediately immediately um, get away from the, the argument of of what they did wrong and blame somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. It's never <laughs> an ownership thing. It's always oh no no GNC didn't list all of the uh, the byproducts that were, that were involved with that or they, was, right. they always have an oh no no it was a ball boy that was involved with that. That had nothing to do with actually Tom Brady. You know there's always something going on. But you mentioned Sounds Tom to me. as one of the last things I want to talk about is all right playoff time in Gillette. You got Tom Brady versus uh, arguably the number two most clutch, clutch quarterback in the NFL, Ben Roethlisberger. So let's talk those two. Let's talk AFC. Eli Manning might have something to say about that. Well, okay, but let's let's talk AFC. Uh, I think it's 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 definitely number one, and then it's a distant number two. But it's still he's probably the, the best after Tom Brady when it comes to playoff football. So what does Ben Roethlisberger have to do? What does he have to get out of Antonio Brown this week, Shell, to to move on to the Super Bowl? I I just think he's got to protect the ball, not hold on in too long. Um, you know, a lot of quick hitters here and there because uh, I, I I don't trust New England's pass rush. So the ball comes out quick and he doesn't hold on to it and allow them to get some pressure here and there. Uh, you know, I, I I really think it's that simple: protect the ball and get the ball get the ball quickly. I, he's got enough weapons and. Luke and Poo Poo, Jesse James and Ladarius Green, Eli Rogers, but that's enough weapons along with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown to get it done. Luke, what do you I, think? Ben Roethlisberger I, is he is he put is he shaking you in your boots now because you got Ben Roethlisberger across the way there? Yeah, I mean you have to be concerned about Ben Roethlisberger. What makes him so great is he's so hard to take down, you know, and and you think you got him. And then next thing you know, he gets away and he, he hits Antonio Brown for uh, a 10-yard completion and a first down. Or Le'Veon Bell sneaks out and he's able to hit him in the flat. And then Le'Veon does what Le'Veon does. What The benefit for the Patriots, though, with, with Big Ben never going down right away is that it gives them more of an opportunity to get after the ball. And while, listen, I'm not going to say the Patriots have a great pass rush. They never have. They just never will. That really isn't what Belichick's teams are meant to do. But they know how to get after the ball. They know Lawrence how to. Taylor create would like turnovers. a word with you. I'm sorry, the Belichick's Patriots. Oh, okay, um, okay. They they are not. They are known at you know trying to strip the ball um, by making quarterbacks make bad decisions. And I, I think that Ben's track record, especially on the road, has shown that once or twice in this game, Schilling is going to throw his Latrobe PA Rolling Rock. Towards the TV because he's pissed off that Roethlisberger just won't go down, Ooh, and he might rock. drop the ball. He might make a stupid throw. Um, yep, glass lined. Uh, what glass lined something or others? That's how they brew it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, that's the thing. Get after the ball, and and Roethlisberger, his skill set definitely allows for the opportunity for the Patriots. Well, Shil, last question I want to mention here: If you are going to drink something for this game, is it going to be Rolling Rock or is it going to be Yingling? Um, I'm going to drink the same thing I drank the night before or the, the night of the Chiefs game because I'm superstitious. So it'll be a Buckeye, Buckeye Vodka and Cranberry. Ooh, attaboy. attaboy. Like that. Yeah, nice, nice. Luke, what is the uh, the Patriots game drink of choice? Is it a uh, um, Sam Adams? Is it a Harpoon? What, what are you drinking there? Um, you know, I'll probably go with a nice 
good old American Budweiser. I know they're not American brewery any, anymore, but once this dynasty started, they were uh, the pride of America. So I'm going to go Bud Heavy for this game. I'm kind of disappointed wow. in your response. That's uh, that's that's unacceptable for a New England guy. In well, my opinion, Jerry, this my this game's gonna be a mar- this James this game's gonna be a marathon, not a sprint. So you know, if I if I start drinking the six or seven IPAs that I, I normally do, or or I do in a game that really they don't need me, they don't need my support, they don't need my full focus. Yeah, you're more if of a I red zone this guy. Time around, anyway, you don't they, really they watch. You don't really watch the game. You just watch red zone. So I understand. You didn't follow that, your that's, team. That's that's blatantly false. That's you're blatantly like false. I just, I just watch the Browns. sometimes miss a drive or two. Well, that's why your life is sad and pathetic. <laughs> yeah, of the three in this conversation, I definitely watched the worst football. Um, I watched the Browns. I will say this. I watched I, the Texans I, this year. I, oh, yeah. yeah, you did. Not good. I think you, you sent out you sent out this morning a, a text to our group um, that really just reminded me of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jer. <laughs> and that was uh, your son's poop it reminded me a lot of the Steelers colors so um I think that's a bad omen for for you Nick and I, I do apologize for that and when the Steelers do lose you can blame that on Jerry and Ben Bilal Burris that's a, it's a really good correlation I'm sure I'm sure that definitely applies so <laughs> yeah, thanks you know, for that it's called the uh, butterfly effect yeah okay yeah well, I mean, I'm just hoping they're not videotaping our walkthrough today and <laughs> like they did, you know like they did in the 2002 Super Bowl um, oh, we said we we're going to stay away from Spygate. Come I know, on. I know. I'm also hoping you know, 60 you minutes up, where you, 60 you minutes where Todd Haley and Mike Tomlin's headset work. You know, I'm just, oh, I'm oh, really the headset, that the headsets that are run by the NFL and that the Patriots have absolutely no, nothing, no bearing on. There Do you, you want to talk about the 60 just minute walkthrough that Bill Cower himself said that it? that they didn't videotape and they got beat by the better team. I got the quote if you want me to read it. I mean, come on. You're better than that, Shell. You're better than that. I expected pot shots about Aaron Hernandez today and nothing. That's I that's just sad. That, that, that's that, sad. I mean that that, that um, that's low I'm hanging go fruit. That, not gonna go that low, so <laughs> it's a great but, comeback but, still I'm disappointed. Yeah, Sports Illustrated story that over eighteen teams have taken safeguards approach. When playing the Pats, you know, throwing, making sure to throw everything away from their hotel room because the Pats have been known to hire people to go through the trash to find scouting reports and we're in their know, head. play sheets. I mean, we're I, in their head. Bill Belichick is playing chess while you guys are playing checkers. We are in your head. You see the schedule. The schedule comes out in the summer or, or the, whenever it comes out in the winter, and you look at Week Nine. And you're playing the Patriots. We're already we already got real estate in your head. That's just that's just what's going to happen. So. You know, be mentally tougher than that. Don't come on, come on. My yeah, the, the Steelers are mentally tough. They haven't won a couple Super Bowls from the wild card position. We're having to win all road games, so that's a that's a good take there. <laughs> touche, touche. I got nothing to say about that. But. Actually, that was that was really well stated. All right, well, let's go one that was last very good. thing. Probably the, probably the best argument. Yeah, let's get one last thing. I'm going to give Luke the first crack. They are the favorites. Uh, give us a final score. Uh, 31-28 Patriots. It's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the ribbing going back and forth between myself and Nick. You might not know it from this podcast, but we actually are very good friends. And uh, I'm looking forward to being friends with you again on uh, Sunday around 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really good friends. Uh, you know, that's why you didn't come to my wedding. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
I got 28-24 Steelers. Um, just from my betting perspective, I think you take both the dogs this weekend. And even though this is a huge public side, I actually like both overs as well. So mm. there you go. Some more, some more, even more betting. Uh, you can find more betting information from Nick at Nick and Akron on Twitter. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. And I'm, I'm going to roll with, uh, I think the Pats win, but I don't think they cover. Uh, so Steelers money is uh, in play here. That's for sure. And I, like you said, I like both uh, overs this weekend too. So, Shill, we still at what, six and a half still for the line? Six. Yeah, six. See, I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough line. I, but, okay, question though, and I'm not trying to stir the pot here. No, no, go ahead. Playing in New England, would you be shocked if Pats got out to an early lead and somehow the Steelers lose by 20? I mean, it, I, it is, is that, is that in the realm of possibility? I wouldn't be shocked either way. You know, right, Pats right. win by 20, Steelers win by 10. I wouldn't be shocked either way. I, are the Steelers going to win by 20? No. But uh, I feel like this line should be closer to four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is is my kind of thing. I think the uh, I think the Falcons line should be around there too, but uh, I think that's around five and a half now. So, I think you got two live dogs this weekend, and there we go. Big dogs Dog. gonna eat. There it is. There it is. All right, boys. Well, this has been a unique conversation and an opportunity for fans to kind of get a glimpse into our our chats we have on our on our group chat. Uh, there's been a lot of shit talking this week between the Pats fans and the Steelers fans, namely you two. Um, but it's going to be an interesting <laughs> game, an uh, interesting day tomorrow, both these games, and I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. But make sure you follow both these guys on Twitter at uh, lgrilly88 and at Nick and Akron for more hot takes. Obviously follow at Glory Podcast uh, at Glory Podcast on Twitter. Um, if you want to check us out on Facebook, I'm sure Nick, Luke will be posting some more stuff at uh, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Uh, make sure you drink your Buckeye vodka while you're watching the game. Enjoy a, a nice cocktail by somebody who makes lo- uh, drinks drink local from a, a company that makes a uh, fantastic product from a local spot. And guys, I'm looking forward to this game and hearing from both of you. So thank you for joining us and uh, be, be let's be civil on Monday when this thing's all over. Yep, uh, Jerry. Good luck with the poop, and uh, Nick. I hope you are crying on Sunday night. Hey, g- good good luck, Luke. Good luck. Classic. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, that accent! It's brutal. Here we go. Oh. All right, Yins. Have a good day. Oh. <laughs> See ya. Go Pats.